Welcome to Flex Weather. This is Jason Anderson. This is a Washington Spirit podcast. And we have a game to talk about because the Washington Spirit are in the 2021 NWSL Championship game. I'm going to keep this intro quick because the episode is on the longer side. Uh, I had to find some folks who were just as kind of like, wow, I can't believe this is happening as I am. And the only people that, that I would turn to in a situation like this are my good friends from Southside Trap podcast, Sandra Herrera and Claire Watkins. Uh, we had a great chat. Uh, we were joined by a ghost, which you'll understand as you listen that a ghost was part of this. I have to list them as part of the title. They earned it. But yes, a uh, uh, good chat about the Red Stars, about the spirit to some extent, and just kind of the wonderment of how this came to pass, because as as with the spirit, this one's very unlikely. But uh, we're going to dig into what makes the Red Stars tick, and I'm going to let it go right now. So there comes a time where your team gets to a final, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And sometimes you look across and you say, that other team, that they, they belong here. We maybe don't. In this case, we have a final where the Washington Spirit are in, and it, given all the things that happened this year, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But they're playing the Chicago Red Stars, another team who it doesn't really make a lot of sense that they've gotten to the final. And the only people that I think would understand the sheer absurdity of this season and why these teams have gotten here that I could bring on and talk to are Sandra Herrera, Claire Watkins, Southside Trap. We're doing this again. Welcome back to the show, guys. What an intro. Yeah, what if I had decided to be really offended by that? And I was like, what do you mean we weren't expecting Chicago to be in the final? I would have have to call you on it because I know (laughs) you did not expect them to get this far, um, which is understandable. Um, And it brings me to my first question, which is, what the heck is going on? How has this come to pass? What the heck Um, is going on? What do you think, Sandra? You go first. I'm going to say there's just something about that lake. Mm, That lake water is just, it's powerful. The lake effect is very underrated. I think also timing in a more serious, Mm. in a more serious literal answer. I think also just timing of things. I think if we're breaking down the Red Star seasons into two halves, like clearly they're a much different team in this second half slash final third of the season versus who they were in the top half of the season where there were a lot of moments where not only were we like questioning things tactically you know there were moments where we were wondering like when is this team gonna start you know having some fun or you know kind of yelling and, and, and sort of seeing that joy of soccer like on the pitch right and um turns out it just sort of feels like well maybe they just needed to get settled into the grind of a regular season. And I think that can maybe almost sort of echo similarly to the spirit as well. Maybe even a lot of teams down that final stretch uh, in the playoff push. Um, Because I've also had to like ask myself this question as well. And it's just sort of like, I've had to remind myself at times throughout this year where I'm like, you know what, this is, uh, the first this is the return to a regular season format this is the first time that you know a lot of these players in the league are uh going through a regular season grind for the first time since 2019 and i think that makes it maybe even a little more cooler that like these two teams are going to the final because there are many firsts 
on both sides of the ball uh, for this one. But I, I just think that that had a big part to do with it. And maybe that's a very simple answer. But when the the when the contrast between the first half of the season versus like the second half of the season is so stark for the Red Stars, I, I have to lean into it a, a little bit at least at this point. Yeah, I mean, to bounce off of that, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think to hone in kind of on what Sandra is speaking about generally, I think not even second half of the season. I think the 2-1 Portland win at the like middle of September, I think that was it. I think that mm-hmm. was the moment not only for like us watching, but I think the team itself to be like, oh, we can really actually do something with this. Um, and I think that that talking about finding the joy in it, I mean, we'll probably, this will be part of the the conversation for Chicago this week and, and the week after, no matter what happens on Saturday, is what they've been asked to do all year has been very hard. And not always what even they personally would like to do they would like sometimes to go run forward and be free and (laughs) kick the ball towards the goal um but that wasn't how they were going to succeed this year and when that didn't work in parts of the early season I think it was a compounded sometimes a compounded energy of this is really hard I don't feel good about good at it and we're not winning and then just through sheer yeah maturity and discipline it started working, and I think once it starts working, they've found the joy in the system, which is they now enjoy shutting other people down. And um, so I think that that's where that's all like the good vibes for Chicago come from adapting to a system that isn't necessarily natural for everybody and making it their own and using it to to succeed, I think. Let's. Uh, dig in on that uh, that system a little bit since you know most nwsl games the teams are kind of similar there's a lot of um transition play every time someone comes from abroad they bring up the transition side of things most teams are playing some sort of 4-3-3 um we see it all the time and yet in this last game there's chicago playing out of a back three and roughly 17 central midfielders mm-hmm. um and just a completely different way of playing, not just, you know, for them, you know, some of the base principles are the same, but then they're dealing without Mal Pugh. They start the game and Kelia Watt goes down with an injury that appears to not be one that you just come back from. Um, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you know, the only way this was going to work was like having your remaining top goal scorer break something out kind of on her own. And instead, uh, as you guys talked about uh, before we got started, uh, you instead get you know Sarah Waldmo scoring from you know some somewhere 600 yards from goal um, to to you know condemn uh, Portland to that loss. Um, what what has to go right for Chicago? What when they're playing the way they've been playing, the way they've been succeeding? What are the 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 things that would tell you this game is going well or this game is going badly? Um. I think with Chicago, we've gotten very used to being scoreless at halftime. And we've gotten very used to the first half of games being a little bit rough. And just to the eye. And when that happens, when you have a first half that's a little bit choppy, and it's scoreless at halftime, you're like, the Chicago Red (laughs) Stars are ready. You know, like that is that is what they want. Um, They don't want the game to open up early. They don't, you know, they they want 
to essentially make sure the other team is frustrated before they even get in on goal, which is kind of new for them. They're used to doing like a first 15, 20 minute push and then falling back a little bit. And so it's changed. Um, So, yeah. So I think if you're watching the game and you're like, nothing is happening, that's actually Chicago winning. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I want to be clear that. that Yeah, I feel that. Claire gave the chef's fingers while explaining the Red Stars' uh, successful first half plan. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't just a voice thing; that was a a gesture that has has to be. Made. Yeah, there, there's absolutely that's like talking tactics here. That's part of it. That's part of it. No, I'm I'm in agreement uh, with that. I think I think for like Claire and I have like covering this team and talking about it like weekend we got on Southside Trap like it really has been sort of this final third, like this final, like six week stretch of games from the regular season now heading into the playoffs. So we're going into like nine weeks where like there have been some things to finally like pick at and like nail down is like the concrete storyline of like Chicago red stars in 2021, because that was something that we were as people covering the team were, were searching for and looking for from, from the team. And so Looking at that quarterfinal, and honestly, like, and Claire brought it up, looking at that September win against the Thorns and sort of some of the mirroring that was going on there, uh, I think is maybe another, like, testament to, like, the rest of our sort of involvement over over this season is, like, that was something we talked about on our recent episode for Southside Trap subscribers is, like, this is a team that is now being given the game plan and they know what it is and they're executing it every single time. So in terms of like coming full circle and being like, what needs to go right for the red stars? It's, it's everything that they've been doing up until this point. And we've been seeing the game sort of play out certain type of ways, uh, certain type of ways for, for this team. And I think there was sort of that feeling even headed into the semifinal against Portland that, even before the ridiculous injury reports that came out like 12 hours before the game, there yeah. was still this sort of mentality. It's like, okay, it's like number one team versus like number four team, you know, histories show that it's not great between these two sides, especially for Chicago and Providence park. And Christine Sinclair has like a million goals against Chicago and blah, blah, blah. Right. All those same things come up every single time these two teams uh, go head to head. And it, along with that, it sort of felt like, well, if there's a game that Chicago needs everything to go perfectly, it needs to be the semifinal. And the fact that it absolutely started to fall to shit within 30 minutes, Kalia Watt going out, you know, at the 29th minute, and then Cassie Miller having a weird type of scare of her own Mm -hmm. and the energy just shifting. And yet somehow they still had the presence of mind, all 11 of them to be like, this is the game plan and we still cannot allow things. We cannot afford to not be perfect no matter who's on the pitch. So it's not just like we can't afford to not make mistakes. It's like we can't afford to not make mistakes no matter who is on the pitch. Claire's been saying it all year. The Chicago Red Stars have the toes that they have. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is never more true, I think, going into this final. It's, it's, it's interesting how the like connective tissue between these teams appears to be that Things have gone wrong, uh, a bunch of different things for both teams, but like the players that that are in the games have been able to consistently be like, it doesn't mean we've lost the game. Right. It's a thing that went wrong. 
it hasn't changed the score. So let's just continue doing what we've got to do. Um, and obviously they play very differently, but it is kind of amazing that, um, and, and of course it is the thing that, you know, separates you in a lot of, a lot of seasons in this league is just, uh, the mentally strongest teams tend to be the ones that are still there at the end. Um, and these teams have shown, uh, a real pretty incredible ability to adapt to curveballs, uh, a constant stream of them. Well, I also think both teams have shown a certain amount of tactical dexterity too mm-hmm. that underlies, you know, we're joking about, you know, Chicago plays every game the same and all that sort of stuff, but it's not really true, right? Like they, they make little tweaks based on who they're playing. We saw it against Gotham. We saw it against Portland. Um, against the courage so, they, there was that. Um, yeah, exactly. That, they matched that the box. Midfielder right? game. Yeah. Yeah. So they actually, it's something that is really interesting because it sounds like a lie until it's true. Mm-hmm. But the thing we were told from the beginning of the season was that Chicago's biggest strength was in their central midfield. And that was going to make a difference. And you hear that when the team is still sort of finding their way and you're like, but how, <laughs> and then they they figured out exactly what that is. And so I would imagine that they didn't play Portland the way they played Gotham. They're not going to play the spirit the way they played Portland. They're going to mm-hmm. play exactly to the way the spirit play. And I think that should be frightening for Washington, actually, because mm-hmm. I think that they don't know exactly what Chicago's thinking in terms of nullifying maybe the younger players that Washington's going to be starting, really kind of get them frustrated early, that sort of a thing. Um, so I, I've, I've found that to be really fun because I've actually found within Chicago being quote unquote more limited, there's more interesting nuances to what they're doing over the last couple of weeks than even maybe we saw at the end of 2019 when they could just walk onto the field and just beat you. Cause they were really yeah. good, you know? And, and you knew the lineup, you knew everything, you know, right. going into the, that championship, none of us were like, I wonder who Chicago is going to start. And like, no, you could, everyone in the press box could draw up the lineup and get it 100% right. Right. Um, yeah. That is, it's an interesting uh, point because it is, it is true that Chicago's games all feel the same, but how, how that is achieved is different every time. It's like, you know, a, a film director might direct movies that all feel the same. And yet like the characters are all very different uh, from, from movie to movie. And there is that kind of thing going on, you know, like we just said, the, they played the back three to play Portland. They did not play a back three uh, in the, the quarterfinal. Um, these are, you know, these are the, the adaptations that um, it's, it's what it's taken. Um, it's certainly very opponent specific and of course Chicago has figured or at least had figured out the Richie Burke version of the spirit um right. I think pretty fairly um those games were frustrating for the spirit I think they came away from them every single time like how how are we not able to carve out more chances in these games and how are we un- how are we unable to stop Kayla Sharples on uh corner kicks or like the um, spirit <laughs> the, the ghostly spirit of Kayla Sharples even not yeah, even just the physically same. Kayla Sharples yes. just more like her aura was yeah, too she, much that oh, someone God. feels that she's around yes. or, or senses senses her and some somehow the ball ends up over the line mm-hmm. um i i asked them about it today and they were like yeah we've been like we we made changes a while ago to how we do with set pieces but one of those things is like remembering some of these games that they didn't say Chicago specifically but it was definitely like we remembered some of these games that were even except for this one thing that we did wrong I think that's Um, like the only that one goal 
was probably the worst moment of Aubrey Bledsoe's entire season, which mm-hmm. like is a compliment, right? Cause she's been, she's been steady, like rock steady, you know, but um, yeah, no, like just uncharacteristic, but I don't know. I mean, that's the kind of funny thing though, right? Like going into this game, we talked about this on Southside Trap. Yeah. We, I mean, we don't know what Chicago looks like against Chris Ward's spirit. They haven't played them yet, but also there is kind of this little, well, Chicago has kind of had Washington's number over the last mm-hmm. two years or so. And, that's fascinating too. Cause you don't know exactly what that does. Cause what we found, what we found in 2019 is that, um, and this is going to be a very different game and it's obviously the world, even just the world has changed so much since 2019, but, um, little ghosts pop up when you play in a final. They, mm-hmm. I don't think you always know we're there mentally. And so it'll be really interesting to see like Chicago's carrying some of those right from the finals that they've lost. Washington is carrying some of those from the fact that they just haven't really, this group has not been anywhere near this before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think managing that is also going to be really interesting. So um, it's, it's, it was fascinating to watch, watch Chicago break essentially a curse last weekend and how they did that. And the group that did do that and thinking like, you know, this final is going to be historic no matter what, but I'm really interested to find out in what ways we do see people deal with whatever they're going to be dealing with. And we don't even know what that is. So I just, Mm. I think that that's an interesting facet to, to a final as well. Yeah. I I was thinking about this actually at the spirits training session. We're recording on Wednesday. So I was there uh, at the, the incredible Episcopal high school situation that I I can't wrap my mind around uh, in a, in a good way. Like that place is, is, incredible it's also like it doesn't feel like a high school it feels like an elite small college so um good good for those folks i guess if you if you got the money to get in there um but one of the things i had to ask um for the spirit was it i remember being in carrie with you two and a thing that kept coming up for chicago after that game was the number of things that they felt like were surprises um, as much as it was like, look, we've played North Carolina before we've played in carry before we don't have any surprise injuries. We're going, it's soccer. It's 11 V 11. It's the same ball where the referee is someone we've had five times this year. No, there's no big deals here. And yet after the game, the reflection from Chicago was like, there were a lot of things that a lot of small things that it turned out we weren't ready for. Um, and I was asking the spirit about that. I was like, you guys are in that position where there are a lot of things about a final that this team hasn't seen before. Um, and, you know, they are like, you know, we know we're going to get there and it's different from a normal game day. And we know it's a different tension than a normal game. Um, but there's still an element of like, we just have to focus on ourselves, which I'm sure is something Chicago is thinking heading to North Carolina for that game. Um, so I'm curious if you guys remember from that, I'm sorry to bring up uh that game in in its way but what do you remember being some aspects where chicago was like we thought we knew we were getting into with the final and then it turned out we weren't we didn't quite have a handle on it i think the personnel i think at the time played a hand in that because we've said it a lot of times on Southside trap and when we've talked to other colleagues about it we refer to like two specific eras in red star's history in which they're like the great eras so there's like the 2016 a season that comes to mind and obviously the 2019 season that sort of blew things out of the water. But um, 
you know, ahead of that championship final in 2019, you had Tanner Davidson go down with mm-hmm. a really devastating ankle injury. Um, and you don't ever want to put anything on one particular player, but I think at that point, leading into that type of game, there's a, a mentality and there's a, ty- a certain type of preparation that the team was going through to prepare for that final with that specific personnel. And when that happened, I don't want to say a panic button was hit, but a panic button I think was hit. And Rory Dames actually alluded to this a little bit recently in that in losing certain players, it forced them to sort of change things in a way that gave them a disadvantage in that final, not necessarily an advantage. Um, And we saw it in that final Mm -hmm. because the midfield absolutely got ran over and mm. were absent and uh, they suffered a terrible like blowout in the final. It was not a performance that they were proud of. Um, it's like, uh, it's like they were very happy to not concede as many goals in the second half versus the first half. Right. That was like the takeaway, right? That was like the silver lining. Um, and those are like those margins that we're talking about, right? Those things that we're talking about where it's like, you're not necessarily, Maybe you weren't prepared for that mentally a little bit. Um, that also comes into fact that there were a number of like Red Stars players, and this is, I think still rings true in, in a season like this, where it's like there's a number of players who have had that sort of experience of like getting into playoffs and then like getting bounced and sort of having that within them. But there are still doesn't matter with the team that gets to the final. There are still players within these finals who maybe still have a first-time experience with the mm. exception of, like, at the time, North Carolina or even the Portland Thorns. These are the two teams that have constantly always been in the mix of a championship final in the last four years. So when you have Chicago Red Stars finally breaking through, I think in that final we sort of saw the difference between a team who had been there multiple times versus a team who hadn't, no matter the playoff experience that Chicago had. And we saw like all these moments of like frust- frustration. We saw a first timer in Savannah McCaskill get to the championship final and not play up to speed. Sam Kerr getting frustrated on the pitch in, in light of all of these things. So there are just like these different little moments that sort of occurred out on the pitch where it just looked and felt like a very bad day at the office. And it reflected in the scoreline. And I don't, I'm not saying that there's not going to be room for that this year, but I think the mentality is a little bit different in a Chicago Red Stars championship final in 2019 versus 2021. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and I think this is something that the spirit, like I'm not trying to tell the spirit to be anybody but themselves, because I do think that you can win like this, but. And this is also hard to say because this is all weighted by the fact that this was the freaking courage that we're talking about, right? right? But in 2018, good time team, Portland Thorns, feeling great. They're playing knockout at media day. They're in their own like home. They're just chilling. They're doing really well. They yeah. feel awesome. Lose three to nothing to North Carolina, who I even remember on that media day, everyone was like, yeah, North Carolina was just like a little muted, a little business like acting sort of mm-hmm. like it was an ob- like they were very they were very professional, all very good. But just acting like this was just part of the job and um, a little bit of an obligation, which is totally fine. Um, whereas Portland was like, we're here, you know, um, and then sort of the same thing happened with Chicago the next year. North Carolina was just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, it's a little bit, you know, the Kobe Bryant like jobs not finished sort of a thing. And 
I think Chicago did a good job of that too, to a certain extent, but you could still see their eyes getting a little bit wide when they walk into media day or Mm -hmm. they're in the open, open practice. And there's people, there's fans watching them practice in the stands and the surprise open practice. Yes, exactly. Um, That they didn't know (laughs) was going to happen. Right. That's a part of it too. But, um, there's that element as well, which is that the league isn't always amazing at telling people what's going on. Um, and, and then there, you know, there was, I think they weren't expecting. I mean, that was not that was a home game for North Carolina, right? And I think mm-hmm. it was a very, very aggressively home crowd. They set those fireworks off at the beginning of the match. It was a muggy, like eighty seven. Uh, another thing degrees. that wasn't communicated. Yeah, the fireworks right. were just like yeah. Oh, Casey, by the I mean, way, he's talking fireworks. about disasters. Casey Kruger having to get like an allergy shot at halftime. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so there's all of that, and so I think that what we might see this weekend is we might see Chicago just to be a little bit like. Yeah, we're here. Cool. Mm-hmm. And you might see Washington be a little bit more like we're here and <laughs> we'll see kind of how that how that balance works, because I do think that that is Washington's like life force, though. I think that that's very important to them going out and playing their best. But we'll see. And the other element, too, is like, obviously, you have pre pandemic and post pandemic world and we will have a lot more access to these athletes than we've had over the last you know 18 months <laughs> mm-hmm. to two years, but still a little bit more aside a little bit more limited they're going to be a little bit more sequestered so that's actually an opportunity for the spirit to stay focused i think mm-hmm. um and so i think that uh and the one player that kind of sticks out to me there is when you think of chicago's leadership now too it's like not sam kerr you know who yeah. who again life force is having fun right um it's like morgan Gatra, who mm-hmm. loves her job and is very good at it but she's very just like you know, here I am, uh, happy to be here. I've won many championships and, uh, are we done? You know, (laughs) and which is amazing. It's an amazing thing for a player to be. And I think that that can really set the tone. So I don't know. I, uh, but so, yeah, I mean, that was a very long winded answer, but I think that we'll, we'll sort of see what happens. Yeah. It's, it's, it was an interesting question that, um, you know, I, I think the spirit had on some level it's on their mind because not only is it a young group um that haven't for the most part been to a final that the team that went to the 2016 final speaking of uh finals that went very badly in their own way um yeah. of that group the only player that was on that team is tori houston and she yeah. can't go to the final Gone. which is right it's devastating disaster yeah um but by by the way uh, i heard at training today that she's had her surgery and it went fine it's just she can't um, you can't I, apparently right she can't that. fly because right. you can't just hop on a plane after you've been cut open. It turns out. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of these players, they have played big games. They've played collegiate finals. They've, um, you've got world cup winners, gold medalists, obviously, uh, in there as well. Um, but there is something different about this. And I think they know that there's stuff that they don't necessarily see coming because, like we just talked about Chicago thought they had a good handle on this. And then you get to finals weekend. It's like, by the way, this is happening, by the way, this is going to explode. Um, there's a lot of people way, all up in your business too. I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. more national media attention. Oh yeah. You've got people, a lot of people want a piece of you. It, it wasn't necessarily helpful for Chicago that they also had the MVP on their team. So that's not going to be true right. uh, this season, but um, yeah, it, uh, I think it was very intense. And I think that again, this is not 2019. 2019 was the media apex of this league and we're still not back there. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, people, there's going to be more people kind of picking at you 
in mm-hmm. the 48 hours before the yeah. game is played. Uh, thinking about, um, you know, as we've talked about, Chicago, Mallory Pugh's status is still an unknown. Um, I believe, if my memory serves me, Rory Dame said that she was asymptomatic and they were still hopeful that she would be allowed to play. But, like, even if she's allowed to play, most likely she's been sitting in an apartment for X number of days, not able to do anything other than, I guess, run around in a circle. I, I don't know what you can do to train um, if you are Maybe she has isolating. a Peloton. Oh, there you go. Um, so so the, the coach is just, like, you know, cheering on the group and it's like, good job, Mal, good job. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Yep. Keep spinning. Keep they've spinning. got her. They've got her with an iPad. This is a joke, but they've got her with an iPad in training. Like they've got the little, you know, like the little Volkswagen, like yes. yeah. dudes with the iPads. Yeah. That's that's mallet training. She's right. getting Making her positioning moves. in. Yeah, I love it. Um, but you know, so she's up in the air. Kelia Watt. We don't know for certain, but you know, you see if you watch that game, you see the injury. It does not look like an injury you just come back from in a week. Right. Um, even even yeah. to like a substitute degree, it's not like well maybe she can play twenty minutes. It's like you know, her knee did not do a normal thing. That's right. Bad. right. Um, I think if we're operating on like the eye test and like the assumption test, yeah. mm-hmm. I think yeah. like looking at an injury report for Chicago heading into the final is that like you know Sharples and Pew questionable, right? Yeah, Khalil Watt like out. I don't right, think right. that that's unfair to go by yeah. with like just the eyeball test and an assumption test for right now and uh that'll that'll be something else that like Mm -hmm. it's just like another thing i think it's just like the next chapter right for chicago in their 2021 season it's almost like and it's and i hate to do this but it almost sort of feels like a familiar place right Mm -hmm. i already mentioned tierna davidson going out that week leading up to the championship final in in 2019 and i think maybe the extended playoff right this year for chicago having had that extra game for maybe all of the first timers on their team to sort of get one under their belt and then sort of have this big epic win in the semifinal against portland but within that very big epic win have something like that happen before a championship final I don't want to say it's beneficial because it's absolutely not beneficial to have somebody like Khalil Watt unavailable. Well, we'll find but out tomorrow. The, we'll find out. We'll find out very soon. Yeah. But in terms of the mentality of that, I'm not too sure that rattles this team in 2021 versus, mm. you know, in years prior is all I'm saying. If they've got Katra and they've got Wolmo and they've got Davidson and they've got Gordon. Let's play a game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The soccer, baby. Yeah. It is occurring to me, as you were saying that, Sandra, that both both of these teams did kind of like slay the demon a little bit in the semifinal. Um, you you guys talked about Chicago's history with Portland, especially at Providence Park. The Spirit have their miserable history against the rain in their various guises. I um, the, the thing that just popped into my head was you were like, Chicago, they beat the Dragon in Portland. Washington versus rain. Like... <laughs> rain <laughs> yes yep. yes i love that they were born in it they were pun. ready yeah yes just I love uh, a good pun if we if we can get uh louisville to have an inexplicable uh and like half hour long thunderstorm Monsoon. Yeah. um it would be the perfect like the perfect plex chicago spirit experience where the <laughs> game is re- 
is played on uh 9 a.m on a monday morning in the end because they're like <laughs> we have to get the game in some point yeah um i actually don't want the game to be played at 9 a.m that sounds absolutely absolutely horrible um when i i asked a little bit about playing at noon um which is already its own you know difficulty for both teams um and i was building up to it with andy sullivan at training and i said this game was going to be a 9 a.m local game and she was like yeah <laughs> um and just just the thought i think the thought of that i'm sure everyone from both teams can uh one day maybe laugh about it a little bit like they were gonna have us play at 9 a.m um but in any case um just just thinking of some little connections between these teams um which are keep coming up like the more i think about it the more they pop up in their own weird way um but you know last week uh when watt got hurt katie johnson comes into the game she has to play as a nine uh instead of out on the wing which you know I, well She's playing the nine and I'm putting up scare quotes because really she was going wide to either side. She was doing a lot of running out wide, even though technically she's the center forward there. She comes in and scores uh, a goal that kind of is just like, wait, what what's going on now? Um, which is how the spirit got through as well. Like their winner is also a like, wait, hold on a second. You what now? Um, so let's assume that that's the way Rory wants to go. And, or maybe that's not even a fair assumption. Is that a fair assumption that uh, Katie Johnson would probably be in line to start? Well, I thought Katie Johnson was going to start on Saturday. So I, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's yeah. I, I'm not sure. Um, yes. I would think if both Pew and water out, then Katie Johnson will get the start for sure. But Mackenzie Doniak has been decent for them in, in the nine as well. So mm -hmm. it kind of just depends on, I think the game plan, maybe mm -hmm. they'll just, put in uh Nikki Stanton instead of uh Kaylee Watt and they'll just go with right. five midfielders. <laughs> yeah, why not? Mm -hmm. Um yeah. yeah, I feel like one thing we have to we have to accept as as people that are going to watch this game is that Nikki Stanton probably will get herself a yellow card in this game. Um hey. not out of like cruelty or animosity, just this is the life she leads. Mm -hmm. Is she is a person who receives yellow cards in soccer games. Um that is yeah. just how it's going to go. Um, but let's say, let's say it is Katie Johnson. Um, or maybe, maybe this is a better question. Katie Johnson or Mackenzie Doniak, how does that change Chicago's attack? Cause those are not very similar players. You know, there's a few moments th in this season where Doniak was, was given, was tasked with a start for, mm -hmm. for the team over maybe somebody like a Katie Johnson because of maybe the the type of role that they like you said it just like she's this just like running like this madness she could sometimes do a madness when it comes to closing out a game and running down a game which i think for the rest of our identity this year right and sort of like okay you're in a you're in a scenario in which you want to lock it out that is somebody that you want to uh, bring in i almost like wouldn't I wouldn't. I don't think anything at this point in the season for the Red Stars would surprise me anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so if come match day, there are scenarios in place in which uh, your options for the forward attack for the front line is is a Doniak or a Johnson. I wouldn't be surprised either way if either one of them gets the start. But I think if you're the Red Stars and you're going in there with a game plan to sort of. Uh, try to stifle a team i'm not sure if katie johnson gets the start mm. i think maybe she comes off the bench 
Mm. But that's right. Just she she is if out of right out. She's I mean Sandra's exactly right, which is that if you have no if if all of your out and out attackers are gone, maybe you just say, well, we're gonna have no out and out attackers until mm-hmm. the second half when maybe we need one. Right? Is that kind of what you were saying, Sandra? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's. It is an interesting thing because I, I think one thing that Chicago is not going to do that other teams have done against the Spirit is they're not going to be the team that like gives Sam Staub ten seconds to line up a uh, long ball. Um, they they might have their their failings, but that's a thing that I do not anticipate them allowing to happen. Maybe not even at all. Can I ask you a question, Jason? Sure. Can you make a prediction? This is not you know not going to do game predictions, um, but. Uh, who do you think is going to have more of the ball? Uh, Washington, I think, right? I, I think the spirit will. Uh, they mentioned um, their their willingness to be the front foot team and to be um, be a possession team because mm-hmm. they they've spent a lot of time not talking about that at training. Um, I wrote arguably too many words about that idea, right. um, but they don't want that to be like discarded. They just felt like the other things that they had to deal with had to be dealt with for a while. Um, And I think they know that Chicago is probably not coming out to play um, out of a high press. And they're probably not coming out to play. Let's have 55 to 60% of possession. I don't, I don't think that that's in the red stars game plan. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised by the, by Chicago not having too much interest in playing that kind of game uh, because that comes with its own risks. Um, I think the, I think that the spirit are comfortable. They're not going to play the Richie Burke style where the center backs spread out almost to the touch lines and Sullivan has to drop back between them. And there's, there's one, you know, one bad pass and all of a sudden it's a jailbreak the other way. They don't want to be that team anymore. Um, but that's not to say that they can't keep the ball. Um, and I think that they know that this is a different game uh, than going to the rain. They were outpossessed by a, pr- a pretty significant margin for them. Uh, maybe other than the game where they had uh, the early red card that was eventually overturned. I think that's the only other game where they were outpossessed by that big of a margin. Um, but I think they they knew that that was the necessary thing at Cheney Field, which is the size of roughly this bedroom that I am currently in. Um, they knew that that wasn't a game for possession. That was a game for you're going to have the ball, but we're going to make sure that um, when we get it, we're very economical with it um, against uh, the courage. It took them a while to find the ball. So it's, it's kind of interesting how they are also a team that keeps finding a different way to get to the spirit style of soccer. They keep finding a different path. Um, Chris Ward mentioned the idea of manipulating the game. Um, he was talking about their depth that they have and the fact that they can alter the way, especially with their fullbacks, they've got a bunch of different players who can play those roles in a very different fashion from one another. And they like to be able to use that to um, not necessarily change the big, um, the big items on the game plan, but like the path there um, is altered just enough to, you know, maybe it's, Paige Nielsen coming in. If there's two forwards, they might play her at right back and tell Kelly O'Hara that she's basically left back in name only and is free to go forward as much as she wants because they'll just kind of have a back three when she whenever she goes. Um, but that's not 
been the norm in these playoff games. It's been Tegan McGrady on the left and Kelly O'Hara on the right. Um, so that's just one of the many little ways that they've been able to kind of change how they approach games, whether that's, um, you know, another one that comes to mind is the fact that they've had um, Ashley Sanchez play as a false nine. Um, but then sometimes she's out on the left. Sometimes they let the forwards kind of figure it out for themselves. Um, in this last game, Tara Mickeyone, you say, okay, that's a target forward. She starts the game on the left. Um, and her job for like half an hour is to keep Sophia Huerta pinned back. But you don't say this is your job for the whole game because that's going to tire you out. They switched her and Ashley Hatch so that that burden was shared. Um, so that they are big on altering the way that they approach things, um, which is, it's kind of fascinating how we've got these teams that have a different style in so many ways, but there's also like the adaptability is so high and maybe that hasn't been um, the case with NWSL finalists in the past. In the past, it's been like, yeah, we know how the courage are going to play like when they play Chicago in 2019. We know what that lineup is going to be. Um, we know Portland is going to come out and play you know, I think the one time we got a real surprise in the finals, looking at all of them, is to go back to that 2017 final where Portland said we are going to have a uh, death match yes. um, instead of a soccer game. Um, and it was effective. Uh, it was not, I think, what everyone wanted to see, but it did do the job. Famously um, worked. Yeah. Um, so that's another an interesting aspect as to to me is is. Um, I think that the spirit of confident being the team that has a ton of the ball, I don't think they're worried about that aspect of things at all. Um, but it will be fascinating because they have been the team in these matchups with Chicago that they've had a bunch of the ball and yet they find Chicago shape hard to break down. Portland just had a ton of the ball and they found Portland or Chicago difficult to open up. They're just, they could not find the space to operate in. Um, and that I do is... think one of the funny kind of infuriating things about the way Chicago plays is too, is like, you can't force them to have the ball if they don't no. want it. You, you kick you the ball at them and they'll them. just kick it back at you. <laughs> yeah, You're like, right? no, no, you, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is like a playground bully. Get... Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, like a right. stop hitting yourself uh, yeah. kind of situation. <laughs> right. um, and yeah, uh, if you if you tell the Red Stars, like, we want you to open up and they're just going to say like, and this is a thing where, Maybe in the past there might have been like you might have had Sam Kerr being like, guys, we could we could play a little, right? Right. Um, now there's no no one is saying that because like Morgan Gatra is the is the voice of uh yes. of reason in there, and yep. she's like, we're sticking to the plan. We have a plan. Yep. She is the um on the um the uh getting the McDonald's yay versus ordering one black coffee versus we have food at home. She's all the way in the we have food at home triangle. Yes, one hundred percent. And that is yeah. Chicago. Yeah. They, yeah. They're like, we have food at home. Yeah, we're going home. That's fine. And this, this is this conversation is settled, and we're just going to go on with what we were doing. Um, and, and yeah, that is um, that is the challenge to some extent. It's weird that the sport has become one where having the ball is not always a good idea. Um, and Chicago is the best team in the league at, I think, at not having the ball. Yes. Um, so that is maybe maybe the defining thing for this game is you know is Chicago going to be better at being comfortable without the ball versus the spirit having to like, kind of, I don't want to say remember having the ball because that's maybe taking it too far, but being the team that is like, we're going to have a lot of the ball today right? Um, it is, and there's nothing else of, we can do with it. Right. It's kind of a mixture with Chicago. It's a mixture of 
they don't want the ball. So they're not playing with a high press because they're not trying to do high turnover rate, but they are just going to be in the way. They're going to be in your way. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think for us, you know, I don't know what other questions, like, I, I, I feel like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to steer. I'm just, no, like, it's okay. I think ultimately it's like, we know, we know what the defensive game plan is going to be. I think the biggest thing for Chicago is can they score? Mm-hmm. Um, and where does that come from? And what mis- does Washington make a mistake? Gotham made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, does Chicago have just a couple crack, you know, just cracks at it like they did in Portland? Where do the goals come from? And that's the question we've been asking all year. And the answer has been different every time. So I think mm-hmm. that that is just the hardest thing to predict. Like, is this going to go into extra time again? Maybe like it really might. Um, it's uh, wild will... that Chicago hasn't done that yet. You know, mm-hmm. I'll throw in that the spirit practice penalties at training. Yeah. Um, so they, they have the idea of like, this is Chicago. They would be comfortable with this game staying scoreless for a very long time, mm-hmm. which might see us end up with a penalty kick uh, scenario, which um, is another interesting one because Chicago, of course, this is a team that has lost a lot of players, not just recently, but like Julie Ertz in what, what was the 18th minute? Did she even get to 20 minutes on the season before her injury? 24, something like that. I don't yeah, know. it was real quick. Um, Alyssa Nair, uh, who people may recall is the national team's goalkeeper. Hasn't been Chicago's goalkeeper for a while now because of injury. Um, so that's another um, maybe it, I don't I haven't heard too much about it so far. It feels like Cassie Miller's not uh not getting a ton of national uh, talk just because, you know, things are going well. They're in the final. It's not like she's had a bad time. She did have Sandra. You mentioned her um, would look like an elbow injury. And it was also like, where did this come from? Like what happened uh, in the moment? It was hard to figure out. Um, she played through it. Um, so I, I don't anticipate any alteration there, but, um, is, is that maybe a, a concern for Chicago? The fact that not just a backup goalkeeper, but a backup goalkeeper who hasn't seen a ton, um, she's, she's played these, what, two, three months. Um, but that's still, you know, she's kind of been thrown into the playoffs. Like, okay, good luck. Uh, go get them. Yeah, I think honestly, and, and I mean, I'm not going to front, you know, Cassie Miller had that, whatever that was, an elbow stinger, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe just going down on the on turf, right? On, mm-hmm. on Providence Park's turf. And it was just like, ow, you know, because it was definitely mm-hmm. like a delayed reaction. Yeah, it was uh, when it happened. But I'll, I'll put myself on blast. When it happened, I said, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> something I wanted to see. Just mm-hmm. because uh, Cassie Miller for the Red Stars and, and going into the playoffs I think we've sort of seen her her game sort of evolve a little bit, and and her honestly her back line has spoken about that a bit this year. Sarah Garden has spoken a lot about that about Cassie Miller and her her growth. There were some moments earlier in the season where you know maybe some questionable timing on you know coming off her line and, and stuff like that. I mean we we saw Trinity Rodman you know score a goal you know against mm-hmm. against this team um against Cassie Miller so sort of a seeing her going on in that semifinal, I was like, oh man, that sucks because I feel like for right now, for the moment, for the moment, I feel like Cassie Miller is it uh, for the Red Stars. Not that I don't have any confidence in Emily Boyd, you know, if there was a scenario where she came in. Um, but it just sort of feels like these very narrow, stifling type of games for Chicago. Cassie Miller has been an incredibly good fit 
for mm-hmm. the team to help them sort of see out these type of scenarios. I will also say the one thing from from Cassie Miller that made me laugh a little bit is after the game, you know, I asked, I said, like, how does it feel to win in Providence Park? Club hasn't done that since 2013. I don't think anyone, maybe Sarah Waldmo did with Sky Blue like four years ago, something like that, but mm-hmm. for a very long time, right? And Cassie Miller was just like, well, it's the first time I've played here, so uh, <laughs> good start. <laughs> Yeah. And I was just like, that's good energy too. You know, it just to be like, you know, well, here I am. And, uh, I didn't know it was supposed to be scary. So it wasn't, you know? So I think that that there's an element of that as well. That, that sounds familiar. I I think, um, Anna Halfordy said roughly that, um, someone asked, you know, the, the team's so young, you know, do you feel like you have the experience? And it's like, well, you know, the other thing with being young is that you're just kind of like very confident that things are going to work out and they keep, working out so far and we're just gonna not we're not trying to get in our own own heads or complicate this thing it's just you know what we're doing is good uh it is effective we're having a good time doing it what is there to like lack in confidence um and she you know it's hard to argue with her that um you know yes these are young players in in these you know we're talking about a, a bunch of different young players but um they kind of don't have they don't have that baggage um, that some other players right. uh, come into the final with. They're just like, yeah, I'm used to winning. Like I'm have been good at soccer my entire life. Uh, my teams won when I was a club player. My won in college and blah blah blah. Um, so they do kind of come in unburdened. Um, I did before before I I have one question about the spirit, but I did want to ask uh, since uh, Sandra, you mentioned Sarah Gordon um, and when I was thinking about this matchup, Sarah Gordon's kind of a player that the spirit or the spirit haven't really encountered a player like Sarah Gordon um, in quite a while. Uh, Sandra, are you there? I kept waiting for her to pop back and she never did. Yeah, We might've lost Sandra. Um, Well, (laughs) let's, let's soldier on. Maybe she'll reappear. She mentioned before we started that uh, her hotel might be some sort of ghost hotel or haunted in some way. I mean, I'm looking at, oh, she's rejoining the meeting. I'm looking at that bed post behind her and I'm like, what's going on there? This is exactly (laughs) what I was, she mentioned being haunted. There she is. Oh, now she's She's two. We got two. Yeah, we've got two Sandras um, on the, the Uber conference screen. Um, We'll have to sort out which one is the ghost Sandra and which one is the yeah, real you're, Sandra. Yeah, you're being haunted, Sandra. I'm sorry to well, say. Well, I'm going to mute the other Sandra. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. So so that must be the, the real Sandra has muted the ghost Sandra. I think that's clear. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, Sarah Gordon is a player that the spirit haven't really en- encountered anyone like. Um, and that is kind of a big deal when the spirit are a team that love that ball over the top. Um, if you allow somebody to have time to pick out Trinity Rodman or Ashley Hatch or or other players on the run, they will they'll punish you. Um, and Chicago just so happens, unlike you know the rain, certainly aren't unathletic at the back, but they don't have someone as fast as Sarah Gordon. Um, going back to the Courage game, they don't have anyone that can match Gordon's speed to catch up to Rodman or to catch up to Hatch. Um, and so that kind of allows Chicago to sort of, they have a sort of a get out of jail free card a little bit. Um, if they can't quite get that pressure to the ball, they at least have a player who has been, um, I mean, having, uh, I think, a career season uh, as a center back, but also um, a player who has the, like her skill set matches perfectly for 
what do you do when the spirit pull you out and go over the top? How do you deal with that? Uh, because most players cannot keep up with Trinity Rodman. Uh, Sarah Gordon can. Um, so what have you seen out of her? How has she developed from, you know, she played center back in the past and it was like kind of sometimes very good, sometimes kind of hit or miss. If she had to be winning aerial battles, it did not go so well. Um, but if it became about um, her ability on the ball, uh, she does this thing where she loves to, her and Emily Sonnet both love to do this thing where they get on the ball and they don't get closed and they just go forward for a while. Um, Sarah Gordon this year is like, I, I would love to see someone have some data of like center backs dribbling the ball, like distance carried um, because she's done like some 50, 60 yard runs. Cause it's just like everyone else is standing off. And she's like, if you guys are going to stand off, I'm going to keep going. And they're like, well, she's going to pass the ball after she goes past one line. Right. And it's like, she'll walk in on goal if you allow it. Um, but I'm wondering just in general, how, she's added to her game because this is like, I think a level of play at center back that at the beginning of the year, I would have said like, you know, given her past at center back, I think she'll do fine, but not potential best 11 player. And yet here we are, she was up for defender of the year, all that stuff. Oh, I didn't know Sandra, if you want to take that. Um, Yeah, no, she, I mean, the thing with, I said this on a different podcast this week, which is that um, Sarah Gordon is, possibly the most athletically gifted player I've ever covered. She is her, her, her ability, you know, she even talked about it with being Chicago's iron woman about the fact that she just never mm -hmm. breaks down. She's yeah. always available. She can always play a full 90. Um, and she's just like, that's a gift that I have. And, and it's true. And so the, the really cool thing covering her, not just this year, but over the last three years or so is she's talked a lot about, just remaining calm and and making good decisions and how that was something that came with time. And she's also talked about how she's become more communicative on the field. She said one of actually like the, a, an odd thing is that she's, she considers herself to have a very big personality off of the field, but communicating on the field was hard for her. Mm -hmm. And it took time just to really feel confident in her standing with the team and who she was as a player to do all of that. And so that has, that has helped not only with her communication with her goalkeeper or with her midfielders or with her center back partner. Um, so it's, it's those two things. And I think that we talk about the flip kind of switching where uh, they were playing this system earlier in the year and it was kind of hard. And then they would make one mistake and they would go down and then they wouldn't be able to score. And the whole thing just kind of sucked. Now someone like Sarah Gordon relishes the opportunity to go one-on-one -on -one with Trinity Rodman. She's excited mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. And I think that that's also a mental change too, where just that confidence is really flowing. And so she goes into these one V ones knowing she's got all of the tools to, to totally steer this away. And I think it's just that she is kind of coming into her own power in that way. And I think that that's been very cool to see. Yeah. I think the, I think the mental aspect, uh, you know, and, um, Watching the growth of of a defender like Gordon, her mentality and her soccer IQ of the game has probably mm. been like the biggest treat for me, right? Because mm. it's it's this combination of like being a sponge and like wanting to ask the questions and wanting to like constantly learn more, and the combination of like still having that kind of like free spirited mentality on the pitch. Like we hear her all the time where there's moments where she's on the ball and she's like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Like that's her, her brain is just go, 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 go. Right. Mm -hmm. But we're also watching her 
um, her her confidence grow on the ball, and uh, she knows who she is. I mean, it's it's on the stats. You know, she's a five four center back, mm-hmm. and the aerial duels are not going to be won. Uh, so to watch her mentality sort of grow with a fierceness of come at me one-on-one and see mm-hmm. what happens has been an absolute delight. To, to jump in, so we lost Sandra again mm-hmm. for a second, yeah, but to jump in, I think up. also, I think also I'm the sure thing, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I, I think that, it, okay, <laughs> we lost you for a second there, Sandra, yeah. but um, I'm back. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think the other thing Chicago has going for them as well is when you talk about speed and balls over the top, I think it's a combination of Gordon and Aaron Wright, too, mm-hmm. where um, if someone like like Hatch wants to go outside or Robin wants to go outside, Aaron Wright can match that as well. She's very, mm-hmm. very fast. And so I think that, that there's that element where Chicago, again, you talk about roles, like their defense, they know exactly what those roles are. And they've got a couple real speedy players back there. And then they've got Tierna Davidson, who's a little bit more of a classic physical profile of a center back. Mm-hmm. And she handles some of the other stuff. And so I think that um, they've really sunk into that. They find, I do just, again, they find a lot of satisfaction in knowing exactly what they're going to be asked to do and how that plays to their skill set. And um, no, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to, I don't, I mean, I'm sure you get this for, for Washington as well, but you ask defenders little questions and then they tell you what's going in their mind when something mm-hmm. happens and like the angles that they're trying to cut off and all that sort of stuff. And that just comes from hours and hours and hours of work. And yeah. I think that that's just what we've seen from that whole group this year. Well, before we go, I did mention this to you guys beforehand. Um, kind of, I'm kind of giving you the stage to you watch all these games. Um, so it's not like you don't know the spirit. Um, people that listen to this show, they watch the spirit and maybe that's like most of their watching. They watch the spirit, but maybe they aren't seeing every game of every, every all season long. Um, but you're kind of in a bubble a little bit when you're watching your team um, and you're so focused on them and how they're doing. Um, and sometimes there are things that people from the outside the bubble can be pretty helpful or, or clarifying in being like, this is a thing that I've seen from outside that maybe maybe you're feeling, but you haven't put words to, um, or maybe you haven't noticed because things are going well, you're inside that bubble. And it's, you know, there are teams around the league where that bubble is almost impenetrable and people inside of it are like, everything's going great. And people outside of it are like, not so much. Um, But in this case, I was curious, just any observation that you have about the spirit from the outside that might not be occurring to, the folks that listen to this show that are spirit focused. Um, I mean, I think this is, I'm about to say something that isn't, uh, isn't news to anybody, but I think is, um, is, has been interesting to watch. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes when you watch a team a whole lot or you really like a team, um, I, I think that maybe you focus in on uncertain certain things, but watching Trinity Robin this year has been really interesting because She's very, I mean, famously quite young, um, and it's been really interesting to watch her emotionally. I think during some of these matches, we, I mean, we saw her. We were, I was there, right? It was in Chicago. Like one of her worst matches of of mm-hmm. the whole year was was that that Chicago game, and um, watching her get really frustrated, just kind of pissed off mm-hmm. in a way that at some point stopped becoming productive. It's kind of what Chicago did to Sophia Smith last week. Um, but then also like watching her against the rain, there was that moment against the rain last weekend where 
she was just taking the ball to the corner. Like it was like the last yeah. five minutes of the game and she gets fat. She gets like trucked over. Right. Or she even gets dispossessed and she turns around and she's got this like grin on her face. This like, mm-hmm. you're going to lose kind of look yeah. of like, and I am having so much fun just trying to keep the ball away from you. Like this is the best job in the world. <laughs> and, and so I think that um, this is, I think it's just going to be, still unwritten right what happens to Trin- what happens to trinity robin in the final we don't know um and so i think that like if she can get in that mindset and in that groove of and people have said that before like that she's mean and like mm. she is and i say that like in a really really positive way where it's like right. she she enjoys just doing things that other people can't do and not for like the love of soccer it's like to win and right. make the other team lose. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing however that plays out. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens on, on Saturday. Cause that's going to feel a little bit like a stepping stone in the personal history of a player who can be great. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's where I'm at with it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, that. I think the spirit, if they don't have the best, it's like a top three front line right now mm-hmm. the league and i almost it, it's insane to sort of think that ashley sanchez is like the underrated part of that mm-hmm. so like you have ashley hatch who went on to win the golden boot right and that she could just sort of make you pay from anywhere whether it's on her left or her right or these ghosts are killing us um you- just trying to say nice things about your team. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I even stopped talking for back. We're, yeah, you're back. All right, you were okay. saying, and then I was going to say, yeah. Then I was going to say, and then you've got Rodman, Claire. You already like waxed poetic about that uh, and that player, and I just sort of feel like with Rodman sort of having a breakout year, and then Hatch doing what she did this year, it sort of just. I think I think this how this this hotel is. I think we can verify now haunted. Yeah, and anti spirit. Well, it's absolutely yeah. haunted. Yeah. It doesn't want. It's literally. I'm talking about the spirit, and yeah. now it doesn't want me to talk about. <laughs> yeah, spirit. exactly. But yeah. I guess just to, in a shorter version, since I can't, it's not allowing me to like say loving things about your team, Jason. <laughs> I guess I'll just say that I just feel like Ashley Sanchez sort of not got left behind in all of these conversations, but we're we're also recording this on a day that like those best 11s dropped mm-hmm. you know and i and i think sanchez had an argument to to be on on at least the second you know and, and not seeing her it's like okay so i just um watching what she did in the semifinal, i think is a real <laughs> scary thing <laughs> mm-hmm. you know for us uh sort of watching that going into going into the championship final um but it's crazy to think that you know all the technicalities that come into place with those type of individual end of year awards, because this is technically Sanchez's first NWSL regular season as well. Mm-hmm. She didn't get the one of those in 2020. She got a challenge cup in a fall series. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there was something like a newcomer, and I think that if rules were perhaps altered to include that draft class in 2020, as, as to be considered rookies in their first NWSL uh, season, that she could have had an argument in a case for herself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think there's with all the right reasons, there's absolutely attention on somebody like Rodman. There's absolutely attention on somebody like Ash. Um, and it just, because of that, it's making me keep a much closer eye on somebody like Sanchez heading into this final. Yeah, that is, it is interesting to think of the way Chicago plays. Like eventually you do have to improvise. Um, and that goal, especially, I don't know if there's a better improvised moment in the league this season, um, because it's just, it's an unusual problem. And how often ever, almost every player in the league just goes that I'm going to shoot low and hard again and see if it just squeaks through somehow. And Sanchez is just like, hold on a second. You don't have to hammer it. Um, (laughs) There's other ways to get the ball into the goal. Hold hold on. I got something here. Um, So yeah, that's, that's a very interesting um, situation for her. I, I, I have to say it's going to be interesting to see how she handles that game uh, and, and Rodman because they don't really have this, you know, Andy Sullivan won a bunch of NCAA titles. Uh, Kelly O'Hara and Emily Sonnet have World Cup winner medals. Um, you know, some of these players have won the big one in whatever they're coming from. Sanchez didn't, uh, you know, UCLA didn't do that. Um, Rodman, perhaps you have heard, did not attend college, um, which is, I, I don't know if anyone's mentioned that anywhere, but uh, it, it it's something that caught my eye that she had not uh, played collegiately. Um, yeah, that's, it's an interesting situation, whether they can bring that um, the joy in the improv level. Um, Sorry. I just had a moment bring. like imagining Trinity Robin playing for Washington state right now. <laughs> just, like... <laughs> yes. G- getting having ready. Like a, having a six goal game. Yeah. Right. right. Get, getting ready for a big tournament game against, you know, Central Connecticut State or yeah. what have you. Right. Um, oh, boy. Those, oh, boy. Those, there are some kids uh, out out in uh, on the West Coast that are like, maybe it was good that she went on to play professionally and I'm getting to play defense for my team that played Washington State a couple times this year. Right. It's so true, though. But that's what we're left with, right? It's like we're mm. laughing at that like that con that, that hypothetical like god can you imagine like trinity Rodman could not be in the league this year that's not the case right and i just i just sort of that's what i'm left with when i'm thinking i'm so thrilled that these two teams are in the championship final i'll just be yeah. real no nobody wanted these two teams in the final let's mm-hmm. like just keep it real and let's 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 like lean in as media here we know <laughs> that like there are there are other like factors that come into play when you're producing a championship final Right. And everybody was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if the rain and the thorns were in it? Right. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the big narrative and storylines that everyone's talking about. But no, it's that's not what's happening. It's the number right. three versus the number four seed. Yeah. And it's like everyone is like sort of maybe who don't normally cover the league or, or pay attention or they're like scrambling a little bit to find these storylines. And here we are, the three of us, you know, talking as long as we want to talk about these two teams. I, yeah. I'm I'm thrilled. I I have said it multiple I love watching the spirit play, and this is going to uh, her progression. Mm. So I'm I'm thrilled uh, to watch these two go head to head on the final on Saturday, and I just think that no matter what happens, Chicago is the team that people should just like know that is who they are. They're mm. going to be that very annoyingly good team. And the man. 
Yes. <laughs> the, the ghost got you again, Sandra. Agreed. I'm sorry. I, I, um, I agreed with you anyway. I agreed with you anyway. Uh, so. But uh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Uh, it is. It is really like as much as it is like we we're laughing about this, and we'll probably continue to laugh about just the absurdity of it because these teams have been given a billion reasons to not get this far. Um, but it is pretty wonderful that it is this, and it's not. Um, you know, Portland OL Reign, of course, it's the rivalry. It's uh, you've got the stars and you get all these, you know, I'm this and also that. also just like super glad it's not Washington versus Portland or Chicago versus OL Reign. That mm-hmm. also would not have been as fun at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's something, there's something, um, you know, something aesthetically satisfying about it being this, yeah. um, where, you know, in so many different ways, we're, you know, we've, we've gone over a bunch of different things that are, commonalities despite there also being some pretty stark differences um and we've also got uh it just was occurring to me as sandra was was bringing this up um it's rory dames who's been around for roughly six thousand years uh in a hoodie coaching chicago and we have chris ward who has been around for a long time but has not been the head coach of a team and is on like week 14 or 15 uh as head coach he's not even the official head coach that's a question we'll have for the offseason is uh what does spirit want to do about that because they gotta hire a head coach uh for real um so yeah it's it's you know a very interesting like the storylines are there it's just not maybe the storylines people came in looking for um they're maybe not getting megan rapino uh on the microphone beforehand but like if you let Sarah Gordon or Trinity Rodman uh, speak before the game, it's going to be interesting. They're not going to leave you hanging. Um, so uh, I guess, I guess that's, I guess that's enough. I, I think we've said plenty. Um, this game uh, is going to be a lot of fun uh, regardless of how it turns out. And it's also been just a, I know it's a cliche, but like what a hell of a ride to even have this happen. I feel like we're the Paul Rudd um, hot ones meme. Um, where it's just like, okay, uh, this is the final. We did it somehow. Um, we're all look at us. Yeah. Look at us. We're, we're actually going to have this game happen. Uh, the, the league is still going somehow. Um, yeah. I I don't know if there's any, any concluding remarks you guys want to have, or, uh, people that listen to this should already be following all of your stuff at the various places. Cause the last time we talked, it was only, it was really just outside trap, I believe, and now you both have added added some uh, some accounts and some things going on. Uh, I guess for people that don't know, I don't know how the hell they wouldn't know, but for the one person that is like, who are these people? Where did they come from? Uh, who who are you people? Where did you come from? Well, I mean, I think maybe just like broad strokes, like you know, I'm I am going to the final credentialed for just women's sports, so I'm going to be doing. Um, some stuff out of media day there and, and doing some, some game day coverage there. Uh, but also like, I don't know, follow Southside trap. There might be some cool stuff happening there too. Maybe, maybe <laughs> did we think that we were going to be doing Southside trap content <laughs> at the final? <laughs> no, but you know what? Improvisation is beautiful. So uh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the same vibe. Like I'm, Am I from Southside Trap? Absolutely. Am I credentialed for CBS uh, at the right. final? Also true. Right. Um, so, yeah, same vibes for being clear <laughs> heading into this 
final i'm just you know what i'm just so i that's it that's where you can find me and i love you jason and um i'm just so gosh darn happy i get to cover another final with the with my homie claire and that's the show uh thanking claire and sandra for their time as always uh two of my favorite people in women's soccer not just in women's soccer but just two of my favorite people why i don't have to qualify it you can find them uh where they said read their stuff at uh for sandra at with cbs sports for claire at just women's sports uh she's also been doing some stuff with uh defector from time to time and of course the thing, the main thing you should be doing is uh, if you want to know what they're thinking about the NWSL and the Red Stars, track down Southside Trap, subscribe to their show. Uh, you get to read articles as well. Uh, they do tremendous work. This show, if you want to listen to the other episodes of this show, including the Cicada episode, I saw that people were maybe maybe amused, but also maybe mildly trolled by the fact that there were Cicada transitions in that one. I'm sorry, but also I feel like I had to take the bit that far. If you want to listen to that and the other episodes that don't have a bunch of cicada talk, you can find them all at plexweather.pinecast.co. All the episodes are there. Uh, if you scroll to the bottom, there is a link to a tip jar on that website. If you want to financially support the show, uh, that would be tremendously helpful to me, and I would be very grateful. If you want to find the podcast on not a website, uh, or at least not the podcast website, and you want to find it where you find your other podcasts, you can. Uh, the show is at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, probably the others. You know the drill from listening to the podcast. If you know those services, you know this. If you can rate and review the podcast, it, I guess, helps the show get onto the rankings. I don't know. The, the podcast industry doesn't tell you anything. You, you're allowed to just start a podcast. No one gives you any information. And that's what I did. If you want to follow the podcast Twitter account, it's at PlexWeather, all one word. My personal account is at JasonDCSoccer. That is where the game day tweets will be, the news items from training, etc. All that good stuff. And the written stuff will mostly be at Black and Red U. Again, all one word, uh, keeping it consistent on one one thing and one thing only. And since this episode is plenty long, I'm going to stop. Once again, thanks to uh, Sandra and Claire for coming on. It was a wonderful chat. I had so much fun. Thanks for listening. <laughs>